Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Anyway, I want to welcome Grant McCaggan today. Uh, Grant is the author of The Recruits, www.recruits.ca. It is the most comprehensive, intense, in-depth look at the NHL draft, the upcoming NHL draft. And Grant certainly came on with me last year uh, when everybody thought the Habs were going one way and <laughs> they went the other, which uh, we had you on here, and that didn't happen. What everybody thought was going to happen, we ended up uh, seeing the Habs take Yurash Slavkovsky. Now, this upcoming draft loaded with talent. What's your take on the overall draft? Yeah, I think it's a it's a better draft than last year. I use the uh, same template every year for uh, for my draft guide, and uh, you know when I was going back over, like you know the twenty fifth pick, for instance, last year, you know I might have had it graded at a you know, 64 or something like that. And this year it's uh, pretty much down the, the line. You know, the gradings were three or four higher, uh, which tells me that, you know, I, I consider it to be a, a more quality at, and deeper than last year. But I think, you know, all in all, pretty much an average uh, draft, like maybe one of the five best of the past 20 years. But uh not super special other than uh, Bedard, I, I don't think, at the top. You know, he he's a franchise guy, so there aren't many of those. There haven't been many of those drafts. Uh, you know, last one was probably McDavid, so that, that makes yeah. it extra special. So we cut him out of it, and uh, we'll talk about uh, certainly the, the, the guys after him because we know where he's going. He's going to <laughs> Chicago. Now, yeah. last year, all the talk was Shane Wright, number one, Shane Wright, number one, Shane Wright, number one, and Shane Wright went number four, and the Habs took Slavkowski. Now, that's yeah. got to tell us something about this year's draft. And yeah. what it tells me is that the Habs are looking to get bigger. They've been a small team for the past decade. Uh, they're small up the middle. They're small on the wings. They have big defensemen. But up front, um, it, it looks like the Habs were going with that trend of speed and not so much size. And that didn't work out too well for them. Yeah, they went to the Stanley Cup final, but, you know, we know what that was about. Now, this year, um, the Habs picking at five. Let's go through the top five. What are your top five picks? Yeah. Uh well, we'll skip number one, like you say. Uh, yeah. um, I've got Fantilli too. Uh, that's uh, this is where I I have a different uh, list than everybody else. So I've got Dvorsky four and Leonard five, and uh, Michkov, or sorry, sorry, um, Dvorsky three, Leonard four, and uh, Michkov five. Now. Okay. Uh, then I have Reinbacher, and then I have the two guys that most people have, three and four, in Carlson and Smith, who uh, are really uh, – I agree totally with you, Knuckles, that uh, I think, you know, last year was an indication of what they're looking for, and I think they want one more 
top six piece with with some grit and and uh, some size. Now Leonard isn't, you know, he's five eleven and three quarters or whatever, so a shade under the, the average height, but certainly his game. He's a he's a big strong kid, and uh, I really think that they uh, they're interested in taking him at five if they if they stay there. The, taking Ryan Leonard. I think so. At five. And yeah. uh, certainly uh, tell us a little bit about Ryan Leonard for the fans out there who, who uh, don't know who this guy is. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people kind of, uh, because he's he's rugged and, uh, and plays a two-way game, they think, well, he can't have as much offensive upside as, you know, Smith and Carlson. And um, the way I look at it, it depends on your definition of upside too. Like if you're just looking at who's going to score the most regular season points, you know, year in, year out, uh, I wouldn't doubt that uh, Smith and and uh, Carlson end up being bigger point producers in the regular season, uh, predominantly because they'll have a lot more assists and power play assists. But I think Leonard can be a 30 to 40 goal scorer. And uh, and then at playoff time, if and when, you know, the team that drafts him makes the playoffs, I think he's going to be uh, like a Sam Bennett type of uh, player that steps up his game and then it really excels at playoff time. Uh, he's one of the faster skaters in the draft, very powerful skater, and one of the best shooters. Now, that's a great, you know, that that's a great combination to have uh, – and he, he's smart, very good defensively. There aren't really any holes in his game. And I always, you know, I like I like players with a high floor, especially when you're picking top 10, because you know you're going to, you know what you're going to get. You're not going to get a bust. You're going to get a player that's going to contribute. And he might be a 35, 40-goal scorer. So uh, considering all of the other attributes he brings, I think he'd be a real uh a real crowd favorite in Montreal if uh, if they take him, uh, you know, a Claude Lemieux type uh, that they really haven't had since since Claude that Lemieux. era, you know, the yeah. '90s. And so, I think he's a great. He'd be a great addition if they if they go that route. Well, um, looking at um, the other possibilities now, a lot of people have Mitchkov at five, and you know, the Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. In your article, the Russians aren't coming. And, and certainly there's a lot of risk. And we look at what's going on over there as far as the war in the Ukraine. Um, apparently the goaltender last year, they were trying to get him to come back um, so he could uh, be conscripted into the, uh, the Russian army. Uh, wasn't he playing junior? Where was he playing junior, this kid? Uh, the goaltender? Vladar uh, maybe in Jakutami? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah, Jakutami. Yeah, and they were they they were trying to get him back there. Uh, what what's the big deal when we look at Mitchkov's extremely talented? Uh, no question. We know the Habs have a talented winger that can score goals. That's undersized and Cole Caulfield. But you know what what keeps the team from taking a guy with this much talent and in, in, in going the way of Ryan Leonard. Just say, why are we? Why are the Habs looking at a guy like Leonard over Mitch Cobb? Why would you pass on somebody who's uber-talented? Yeah. Um, I don't know, you know. Uh, 
he could he could turn out to be like a nail Yakupov, you know. There is that risk, right? Five ten winger, Russian winger that, uh, you know. Uh, although I don't think his uh, defensive game is that bad. He he looks like he he at least competes away from the puck. But uh, I think the biggest thing is that you have no control over his development for three years, and it's such an important at such an important age, eighteen to twenty one where you, you know you're not gonna have any say in in uh, his development at all until until he gets over and uh, there's no guarantees that he doesn't sign another contract even in the KHL you know there's certainly going to be pressure on him maybe he even gets constricted gripped it into the army you know there's just so many of the unknowns yeah with there's that. so many uh, variables when you look at taking a Russian player right especially in the the, the, the climate exactly. the world is in right now but you know there was talk that he had a three-year deal and there was talk that his father was apparently trying to get him out of that deal so yes. he could come to the nhl and then his father mysteriously ends up <laughs> being found in a pond uh dead yeah. not far from his home so you know that's a huge red flag right there um, right Right. Do you think there's a team out there that's going to take that risk? Because, boy, you know, you, you could be passing up on a really good player to take this guy, and then that that what if you're sitting with that for a long time. Yeah, I think somebody in the top 10 is going to, and it's likely the likely uh, suspects are Washington or Detroit, I think. Washington because, you know, they've got the OV, uh, you know, the yeah. only factor there, yeah. like I think, he, more likely to be released to uh, Washington than maybe some other teams. Yeah. Uh, and Detroit has Eisenman, who, uh, when nobody else was taking uh, Russians high, when he was in Tampa Bay, they took Vasilevsky 19th overall. They took Nemesnikov in the first round. They took yeah. Kucherov. You know, he's never been afraid. He he was in Detroit with the with the Russian five there back in the day, and I think you know he he he's uh, not not a guy that that's afraid to gamble on Russians. So I wouldn't be surprised even if one of those two maybe looks at moving up. Whether so you mean so you mean Washington six. maybe Ovechkin could put in a phone call to Vladimir and say, hey, listen, no, that's it. Over. Yeah, right. Well, I don't see why not. It could be as easy as that. Who knows? But it's surely going to be interesting. Now, um, the Habs uh, have quite a few uh, picks in this draft, right? They have two in the first round, fifth and 31st overall. They got that from Florida. Um, And then second round, they got one, uh, one in the third, uh, three in the fourth, two in the fifth. One of the six, one of the seventh. You think the Habs do anything to move up in the draft, depending on, I guess, their needs? Like early on, you, they say you're not supposed to draft by need, take the best player available. But it, later in later rounds, do you see teams tend to draft by need? Uh, to a certain extent, I think you know, uh, like if players are close. On their on their list, they'll yep. take uh, they'll take the need, you know. Like you saw a few years ago, they needed uh, left defense and over two drafts, 
I think Timmons picked like eight of them or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that was just coincidence, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I I could see them um, like if they don't trade the thirty first or thirty seventh because there's talk that they might maybe deal one of those and maybe one of their left defensemen to, for a forward that can help now. I, I could see that happening, but if they if they don't, there's also the possibility that. You know, maybe uh, Washington or Detroit wants to move up to five and they move back a couple spots and get another uh, pick in the top 37. And then uh, Hughes uh, showed last year, like when he um, when he dealt Romanov, yeah. uh, he tried to move up in the draft with that pick so he could get Ostland, who I really liked, the Swedish uh, center. Yeah. So he uh, and he couldn't he couldn't make a deal and then he then he got Kirby Doc which I think turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, so good. Yeah, I, I, he's shown. Um, I think he's part of the new generation uh, GM that's not afraid to move up and down in the draft and makes a lot of calls like that. And considering that they have two other picks in the top thirty-seven, uh, that they have the ammo there. You know, like let's say twenty-five. They really like Hrabel, like the six seven Czech goalie. Let's just—I don't know if they do, but uh, I wouldn't doubt doubt it if they if they target a goalie, one of the top five ones, and perhaps it's him, who I have rated as the top guy. Well, maybe they, you know, maybe they offer a package where they move up and uh, take him before a team like St. Louis, who uh, I think with three first round picks. Um, you know, Bennington's kind of fallen out of favor. They don't really have a, a goalie of the future. I could see St. Louis wanting to uh, take them at 25. So maybe a team like the Habs uh, tries to move up into the early 20s to take uh, to take a goalie. Um, if not, there's three or four that are probably going to go in the second round and uh, wouldn't surprise me if at 37 – that they target one of the goalies if they don't go after Hrabel. So, so who are those top five goalies? Uh, okay. Um, well, I've got Adam Gajan uh, as a second best goalie. He was a star at the World Juniors, kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Trey Augustine is the, uh, the U.S. goalie that played at both the World Juniors and the U18s and was, was excellent. Yeah. And uh, Carson Bjarnason is the other. There's actually four, I think, that will go in the top uh, two rounds. Maybe not five, but Bjarnason's the other one. He's in Brandon. Early on, he there was a lot of talk that he was going to be maybe a top twenty pick, and he kind of fell out of favor. And then at the uh, under 18s he let in seven goals against Sweden, and it kind of dropped his stock a bit. But he's still a really good prospect as well. So. I think those are the four that that are uh, you know hopefully the Canadians end up with one of them. Yeah, we'll see. Certainly the goaltending situation. Uh, Montembeau, he had a great World Championship. There's no question about it. He had a great end of the season last year. Um, you know, considering the circumstances the Habs were in, when you look at number in the number of injuries they had, uh, the kid. Uh, I, I think he surprised a lot of people, right? Uh, but yeah, still, still, you got to look at the future for, uh, I guess, an organization who 
has been goalie strong over the years in Price, Patrick Waugh before that, um, Ken Dryden before that. Boy, uh, we always think there's such big shoes to fill. Um, so is it, you think that's a possibility uh, for the Habs to get one of these guys in the draft then? Yeah, I like I, I think the uh, the cupboard's pretty stocked at on defense, and you know after their top pick, uh, I imagine two of their uh, three top picks are going to be forwards. I think the you know they're going to be pretty uh, pretty well stocked at forward and defense, and the uh, the real need in the prospect cupboard I think is is goalie. You know beyond Dobish, yeah. they didn't uh, sign out. Daichow, the other goalie that they had picked a few years back. Yeah. So, you know, and looking at the at their prospect depth chart, the one glaring uh, omission, I think, is is goal. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took one with one of their first three picks and uh, perhaps even another goalie later on in the draft because that's, that's the one position, I think, if they're going, they're going to look at need that they uh, will identify in the draft. Sure. Uh, certainly. We saw it this year um, with uh, Vegas winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, a big, strong team, some big forwards with that depth of big forwards. And um, certainly they were standing at the end. And then Florida, a team that plays that playoff style hockey, which is tough to you know, play through 80 games of the season. But, boy, uh, if you get in the playoffs, we saw what they did. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right, the Habs with those picks. Um, uh, Jeff Gordon and Hughes both working together certainly, um, I think, have done a great job here. I think Bergevin left him in pretty good shape as far as you know, draft picks. He's got some good young players drafted here uh, before he left, but the, the salary cap was certainly an issue. Uh, yeah. He spent like a kid in a candy store. Uh, he <laughs> didn't sign some so smart contracts. Do you think that will somewhat hamstring this team moving forward with some of the things they're going to do? Uh, you look at the Gallagher contract, you know, uh, gonna. I know price is on, uh, long-term injured reserve, but do you think that'll hurt them a little bit as far as what they want to do here moving forward? I don't think it's going to hamstring them too, too much. I think there's one more year left on the Alsner uh, buyout, so there's that, right? And then, it, yep. then it'll be gone. Uh, the, the cap's going up. And I think over the next few years, just like last year, there's going to be a lot of a lot of rookies, like a lot of young players coming into the lineup, and the, they're all on ELCs, right? So you can balance off with the bad contracts, you know. Yeah. Not like a Toronto who, you know, uh, keeps trading away all their high picks, and then they have, uh, you know, they're trying to fill lower uh, spots in the lineup with uh, free agents and trades that aren't really good players because they don't have the young prospects to bring up that are on entry-level contracts that are under a million dollars, you know? So yeah. I think with, with Montreal's, uh, with all of the players coming, and there's going to be a few, I think, every year over the next few years that are fighting for spots, I think that will keep them uh, in pretty good shape as far as keeping under the salary cap. 
I I saw a tweet from you uh, there replaying the World Junior uh, Championship semifinal <laughs> between U.S. and Canada. Properly insulated Lane Hudson can be probably <laughs> Montreal's best power play quarterback since, I don't know, Doug Harvey maybe? He's so <laughs> smart, so deceptive, a delight to watch. This kid certainly, he has all the tools. Uh, can he, you, you think that can translate to a, a consistent NHL game? Uh, given the right uh, partner, you know, he'll need, uh, he'll need to be insulated, I think. Yeah. Like an Abajack eye, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Too bad they're both lefties. Yeah. But uh, um, it's one of the reasons why, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they took Reinbacher because I, I could see him being a, you know, you, you sort of try to project where these guys fit in your lineup down the road. And, uh, you know, there's talk of them maybe dealing some of their young defensemen to get it forward. Well, they might, you know, they're where the one spot on defense where they could still use another player would be right defense. Yeah. Uh, I think Mayu ideally is a partner for Gooley at some point because he's a little offensive minded and Gooley's the, you know, the stay at home guy on the left. Well, then you look at uh, who would be an ideal partner for Hudson if you want it you know you want him in the lineup and it could be Reinbacher so certainly it's funny like the um I've heard the you know over the last couple of weeks the Canadians moving up to two to uh draft Antilli moving to three to take Carlson moving to four to take uh huh. Smith uh stay and put taking Reinbacher Leonard and then this past week now you saw somewhere it's Michkov uh, yesterday, Elliot Friedman threw out Daniel Boot. So I think they're going to end up with Dvorsky, the one guy that hasn't been, you know, watch, you watch that. It'll be the one guy that, no, that, that there's been no rumors around that they'll end up taking, you know. It's just there's so much intrigue, and, uh, you know, uh, I have no clue who they're taking. And I, I think that's kind of cool because, uh, like, even last year, I, you know, I figured it, it was either Slavkowski or Wright, and but I, I had a feeling it was Slavkowski. But this year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put a cent down betting on who they take. Well, I guess it's easier at one than at five, right? When you're yeah, gonna, that's right. When you're going <laughs> to yeah. bet. But uh, there's so much um, – this, God, there's – that's why they get paid the big bucks, right, Grant? <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Now yeah. – um, uh, later in the first round at 31, I know it's a long way off. Um, do you think it's a goalie or forwards and then a goalie later? You know, I I don't know that Hrabel will be there at 31. Yeah. And I'm not sure any of the other goalies uh, deserve to be picked that high. Okay. So I think it'd be more, if they don't get Rabel, it would be more likely to be with the 37th pick, I think. Okay. Uh, I know a kid that's been rated around, you know, late late twenties, early thirties is Ethan Goche, Denise's son, and uh, I think he'd be an ideal fit too. You know, it'd be the first uh, French Canadian taken by the Canadians in the first round since uh, Louis LeBlanc. 
in okay. 2009, you know. Oh, we and know I haven't happened, been, yeah. there there haven't we, been too many drafts where I've uh I've thought that the that the you know, the local Quebecois was was a good choice good for choice. them with their first round pick, but yeah. I Gauthier's, uh kind of fits the uh, description of what they're looking for. Uh just really competitive kid, you know. He, he he's got some skill, he's smart, but First and foremost, he's really competitive, and uh, he played a lot of last year, most of the year with an injured shoulder, so he didn't play maybe as tenacious with the truculence as Brian Burke yeah. used to say. That uh, and that he's he, a big kid. Well, he's not huge, but Denny's big. Yeah, and you know, there's always hope that he'll, you know, he'll fill out at least. You know, yeah. he's like he's around six foot, yeah. but. He just plays big, just like Leonard. You know, the two of them play uh, a similar kind of style. So uh, that'd be a nice pick, I think, at thirty-one if he's there. Well, uh, it'd be kind of nice, and you know, keep the hounds away from the door. You know, well, that, it certainly. Listen, it, it, we know it's important for this organization, this province, to have uh, French players with the Canadians. That uh, certainly can be effective and help it's great to want to pick those guys but you want somebody's going to come in here and be able to play we saw what happened with jonathan Druin's time here uh, he came in here i remember when he came in and he wasn't drafted certainly drafted by tampa bay acquired in a trade that looks so lopsided now it's ridiculous <laughs> um he signed his five-year deal i remember when he first came here uh i was working in the radio and he was asked you know um how are you going to deal with the, you know, pressure of a hometown kid coming back here and playing? And I remember him distinctly saying on Anglais that he wouldn't have a problem dealing with it. Uh, you know, uh, he's going to let us play it, play, do the talk. And, and he certainly had uh, a difficult time here. And a lot of people don't understand that this playing for this organization, and I've seen it, I've been around it. I've seen it close up and I've seen it from far away. And it is a, a city that can chew you up and spit you out. If yeah. you can't deal with the pressure of playing here, you can't deal with the media, everything, that scrutiny of your game every night, game in, game out. Uh, and some people are built for that and can deal with it and some aren't. And certainly uh, that's always a consideration when you're drafting uh, a French-Canadian player. Uh, and I'd certainly yeah. love to see it happen. I'd love to see a French Canadian player come here and excel and, and captivate the province, um, which I'm sure all the, the fans want that too. So we talk about Ethan Goche, um, you know, and certainly uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois has been on the radar for a lot of fans and people here. Um, if there were, Red flags with Druin, and there was from his time in Tampa Bay. Do you think there's any red flags with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's, you know, worn out his welcome already with two organizations, a top three pick, 2016. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I'm not, the, I'm not the hugest Pierre-Luc Dubois fan. I think he's always been a little bit overrated. Maybe it's because of his size, you know, but um, I don't know that he's, uh, 
like I don't know that. Come on, let nobody's rip, been Brad. able to sign it. <laughs> nobody's been able to sign and trade him uh, for him, and I think he really does want to go to free agency, and he wouldn't mind signing with the Habs. So why, you know, why trade a bunch of assets now if the possibility is there that you get him, you get him just for his salary in a uh, year if if yeah. there's a fit there, you know. Yeah, I think that the Canadians fit. hold the cards here, and that they don't, you know, don't don't uh, don't be pa- impatient. And and if he comes in a year, that's fine. If he doesn't, I Why mean, give I think up they're all set. that young core, part of that well, young well, core that you have here, you're building. Yeah, so, I, and I think they're set at center. To be honest with you, like yeah. uh, I don't know that he's going to be better than Doc, or Doc isn't going to be better than him. Um, I love Beck and uh, Oliver Kapnan, who is my – I just think he's just uh, – he's got third-line center on a contender written all over him, and so, so does Beck. So that, to me, is four excellent centers down the road, and the need isn't there, I don't think, to to uh, to get him. So other than, uh, you know, like you say, the French-Canadian that can maybe, you know, uh, but I don't see him being a star. I think he's a secondary, a good secondary player. But, you know, he's never shown that he can be the guy, the offensive guy. I think he's more of a secondary guy. And do you uh, sell a lot of assets for that? I, I don't know. I think I think you're best to just wait. And if you get him in a year, great for nothing. If you don't, that's okay too. Yeah, boy, this uh, crap. Uh, the draft can often be a crapshoot, right? And um, this year, it seems like uh, one, at least one through ten, you're gonna get a really good player. In my eyes, how about you? Pardon me. I I, I say the draft can be a crapshoot some years. Yeah. And this year, it just seems like one through ten. Like you can't miss on getting a really good player, unless you take Michkov, and then you might miss. Well, okay, <laughs> but no, I agree. I agree. No, it's funny, you know. Like uh, it, look, there's been three, five, ten Russian wingers that kind of similar in their draft year over the last twenty years. Uh, Stan Chistov twenty years ago, I think he scored five goals in the World Juniors in his draft year, which. Not many, you know, Bedard did it last year, but not many do. Uh, he went top five to Anaheim, and he was a bust. Neil Yakupov, first overall, 100-point scorer in his draft year, ended up being a bust. Uh, Kaprizov, now he's the exception, I guess, right? Yeah. He, uh, but he was drafted eight years ago. Uh, the guy that drafted him, the GM, he was gone within a couple of years. The next GM was gone within a couple of years. So they're on their third GM, and they haven't won a playoff series in the eight years since he was drafted. So you draft these guys to uh, win, you know. And uh, as good as Kaprizov has been as regular season point scorer, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. You know, he hasn't got his team to win a playoff series yet. They've been in, a, I think, a couple, but they haven't won a playoff series since they got them. So, uh, you know, I think when you're drafting in the top 10, ultimately you want guys that are going to help you win at playoff time. 
And uh, is that going to be Michkov down the road? It, it maybe, maybe not. I, you know, I have my doubts, especially if three more years in in uh, in the KHL, they have a tendency not to develop guys the, the best. Uh, certainly not to play North American style necessarily. Right. So the, to me, there's just uh, there's no guarantee that he's going to come to the NHL and be a, uh, a playoff performer, you know, that, uh, that plays a great two-way game. I think there's just too much question there. Yeah. So smaller for rank, me, smaller rank, ahead. right? But What's smaller that? rank for well, Mitch, yeah. smaller <laughs> sure. rank, more intense. You're going to, it's going to be physical. And again, I'm not saying it isn't over there, but in a big rink, it's a whole different game. Yeah, for sure. Playoff time over here. So that is a huge risk, right? Yeah. So for me, there's other guys that, you know, maybe they don't get as many regular season points uh, four or five years down the road. But at playoff time, I can't see Ryan Leonard not being as good or better than than Michkov. I really don't. So, and I think that's what Montreal is, you know, they're building towards being a team that – that like like Florida, hard to play against, yeah. you know, and, and then playoff time can be successful. So the Habs, uh, eleven picks in the draft here. They got a great young core, uh, a lot of um, young players in the stable that are, are going to move up here at some point. What, um, when, not what, when do you think? We're going to see this team be a, you know, a team that consistently gets in the playoffs. Do you have any idea? I think the fans mm. would like to maybe. Hear yeah, that from well, you. It, you know, it's dependent, I guess, somewhat on, uh, you know, when do uh, Tampa and Boston and uh, Toronto start to fade a little bit too, right? Yeah. Um, and and Florida, obviously, you know, uh, two years ago they had 120 points or whatever, and then they went to the Cup Finals this year. So those are four pretty good teams that you yeah. you got to beat out one of them at least to get to get in there, unless five get in from the from the division. But uh, I think it may only be a year, might be one more year before they're, you know, yeah, serious uh, playoff contenders. But um, I think it, it was such a good working in five rookie defensemen last year. I think you'll see a big jump in, uh, in you know next season uh, uh, defensively. I think they'll be a lot better. These guys will be more comfortable. You know, hopefully with you know they hired a new uh, athletic. Hopefully they'll be healthier. Yeah, they 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 you know they grabbed the guy from New York that who yeah. uh, has a great reputation and. I mean, Ramsey, it was, right, Jim Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, the injuries were just terrific last year. Just a uh, lot, so many key players that uh, they might surprise even this year. I, I don't think they're far off from being in the playoffs. Maybe they come close this year, but yeah. I think it's two years. Two years from now, Slavkowski will be more, you know. He'll just keep getting better and better, and and Caulfield and, and Suzuki obviously, and Doc, and and the young guys coming in, um, and uh, the number five pick, whoever that'll be, in two years will be contributing, and uh, I think it's it's 
maybe not this year, but in two years, I can. They're not. They're they're not going to be bottom feeder. I'd be very surprised if they were. Yeah. Listen. Um, you know, looking at um, uh, you know all the guys they do have in the system and the possibility of that, and uh, it, you know, all them young defensemen with that, you know, experience of playing last year. What t- what teams real? Have you seen any teams in the last? I don't know, 10 years that have gone with that many young guys in their lineup, especially back on D. One of the most difficult positions to adjust to other than center ice when you make that move from junior or or college or whatever to the the pros. Center ice and defenseman is kind of the two toughest adjustments to be made. I went, I looked back at history there and I asked Lee McGuire and Stan Fischler, uh, um, you know, who's been around uh, the NHL for 60, 70 years, they, they couldn't come up with, uh, like, no, no team has ever uh, developed five, played five rookie defensemen, the, the, the amount like that, the, you know. I think three and four is kind of the most ever that a team has uh, worked in a lineup. And like once there was a team that had four and even only three were regular. So it was unprecedented that they had five uh, rookie defensemen that that played a fair amount. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think it just bodes well for – they'll all be a lot, you know, a lot more sure of themselves this, this coming year. We saw, like, Gooley, we saw that, you know. Chewing up 20 minutes a night. Oh, like, like tip of the iceberg. minutes. And yeah. I wonder, too, like, you know, we just actually had him on the podcast, but – I wonder too, and listen, we talk about the injuries. He had, you know, he had the knee and then the ankle. Uh, he had a little shoulder issue this year. I wonder if he was a little bit overtaxed, um, you know, being such a young guy. And listen, he's mature, he's big, he's strong, great kid. But I wonder how much of an impact that had on him. Because listen, I know the Habs change athletic trainers, but. I mean, it's almost like we had to do it, but how much do you think those those guys really had to do with those guys getting hurt? That's what I. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough it, one. Well, Jim Ramsey wasn't out there protect you know in between yeah. getting in between the guy that hits him and yeah. you know and you know there's still going to be injuries, right? It's yeah. just yeah, yeah. hopefully they they deal identify them more more clearly yeah. uh, than they have in the past perhaps uh, in a few instances yeah. seems like there was a lot of misdiagnosed foot injuries and stuff like that where they didn't yeah. they didn't seem to uh you know guy that was supposed to be out a week or two ends up not coming back for six months and uh, getting surgery months later you know hopefully that ends where you know they identify things quickly and no but you, you know exactly i don't i think uh Gooley, you know, he's still, he took a lot of punishment last year. I noticed like he, you know, he, he likes to hit, but he got hit an awful lot yeah. too. And, uh, you know, there's some adjustment to the speed and the forecheck at the NHL and the size. And I think, you know, uh, one more off season, maybe get a little bigger and stronger and come back next year. And, and just like Slavkowski, be a little more aware of his surroundings and not, to get hit as much 
because yeah. uh, it took its toll on him uh, with those injuries last year. Well, Grant, uh, this has been awesome. I appreciate it. I can't wait uh, to see uh, this draft here tomorrow night and see who gets picked. <laughs> I, I'm so excited for the Canadians. I am. And, and Hughes and Gordon working together and trying to make this team, uh, you know, a team that's, you know, a contender consistently yeah. year in and year out and get them back to where who, who would have thunk you'd have to bring a Boston guy, a couple <laughs> of Boston guy. Well, yeah. from here originally, but um, <laughs> the two of them uh, were, were down in Boston. There's no question, but yeah. coming up here to, to change the, uh, trajectory of this organization and get them back to where they belong i'm hoping well, that happens it looks like they're well on the way um I, I think the haves are in good hands with those two guys there's no question about it well they did the same thing in the early 80s uh, br yeah. brought in a boston guy to change the dynamics oh, yeah, there a little yeah, bit yeah, Chris? yeah yeah a yeah. little bit but um <laughs> yeah yeah add, add a little bit more grit so all right the draft <laughs> tomorrow night. I guess for you, what uh, what what do you think will be the biggest surprise of the draft? Put it that way. Oh, because there's uh, always a surprise, right? Yeah. What do you yeah. think that's going to be? Well, I guess the Russians. You know, yeah, where the Russians go. Um. Uh, certainly there's two or three of them that uh, or maybe even four that are top 10 caliber. Yeah. Now, you know, does Washington and Detroit take Russians in the top 10? I, I it, w it wouldn't shock me. That boot kid could be just, <laughs> he's six, yeah. five and got great skill and hits like a Mack truck um, competes hard. He's really, really skilled. And then Simashev's the best. He's a 6'4 defenseman that might be the best skater in the draft, you know. Uh, and then Guliev is my favorite. Like, he's just so dynamic. He, I think he's the best skater, period, in the draft. So yeah. all four of those guys, uh, one way or the other, there's going to be a surprise or two with them. And I think that the Russians and where they go will be the, the, the big surprise of the draft. Awesome. Good stuff, Grant. Uh, listen, I appreciate you taking the time. Like okay. I said, I'm going to have a blast there tomorrow night. You know what? And I know you're a big Larry Robinson fan, and he's from your neck of the woods. And when you talk, you actually sound like Big Bird a little bit. <laughs> you do. That, that yeah. valley accent. Yeah, the valley <laughs> accent. That's it. Good stuff. All right. Thanks for taking the time, Grant. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.